Hello, I'm David. And I'm Michael. David, that was quite a bad intro. You're quite low in energy there. Yeah, but Michael, we're broken. We are truly broken. I've been doing 14-hour days for the past weeks. And we have been burning the candle at both ends and the middle recently. Oh, fingering all the dough balls. Oh, dipping our fingers in all of the tarts. Licking the glaze from every bun. Finishing off all the ginger nuts. Flowering the baps. Tearing chair? No, Michael, we're not going there. <laughs> but we have been doing everything else, and frankly, we're tired. But we're still here. It is betwixt, miss, so it is only right. Each and every week, David, we're going to be here. We're fired up with coffee and hobnobs, and we're ready to watch the episode. You did watch the episode, David. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh. oh, Alex just told us. That it's episode 69. Do you know what? I find 69 quite logistically tricky. Yeah. It gets like, it gets a lot of extra credit and I don't feel like it deserves it personally. I agree. If you... If you're on the bottom, it's fine. And if you fit nicely with someone, if you're doing it with different people all the time, 69 isn't that comfortable. Sometimes you get into a groove if it's the same person. Sure. I think, I think 69 is probably better if you're like lying on your sides. <laughs> Yeah. But it always yeah. ends up with to be like one person on the back, one person not. And I think that's not for me. Yeah. And it just feels like it, you never really relax into it. I mean, I think Alex knew exactly what he was <laughs> what he was doing by bringing that up at that point there. Yes. <laughs> anyway, this episode was Pies and Tarts. Pies and Tarts. Pies I'm a pie. Tarts. You're the Tarts. Um, signature mm-hmm. was a double crusted fruit pie in two hours. They had to say that to obviously distinguish it from a tart. Yes. Um, and just as a quick reminder, when we had to make a pie in our pastry week, did you put double crust on that? They didn't say double crusted, did they? The, they said pie. In the little introduction, they didn't say a double crusted pie. No, they said pie. And did you put a top on yours? You don't have to. Apparently, this is what we found since then. You don't have to top. Well. You, you can just bottom. And is that why you never won? Well, I did win. Only at the very end. I topped. I for the five. first time in your life, darling. <laughs> right, let's crack on. <laughs> one question, though, with this one. One thing that stressed me out a bit while I was watching this, because the main thing with this is a soggy bottom, blah, blah, blah. A dish or a tin. I would never use a dish. No, I don't like pies and dishes. Mainly because no. I don't know how to get it out. Exactly. And a dish, the whole point of using a tin is metal conducts heat very quickly. Yeah. So therefore, you're going to get the base baking nice and quick. A dish, it just stews in this warmth. It takes so long for glass or yeah it's not for me i'm not i'm gonna say no but i think americans do like to leave theirs in 
Oh, like they like they don't like to, yeah, I don't know. Probably quite uncomfortable, I imagine. After a while, after it's gone soggy, yeah. Uh, who stood out to you? I've done two boldings. I'm just going to keep on mentioning two Claire boldings. <laughs> two Claire boldings. <laughs> I'm really good at bolding out the good ones now. What? Who are your best? There was a couple. Kimberly, of course, my queen, Kimberly. Um, obviously, we know who wins, but Kimberly is like my. I'm just obsessed with her. Apple, pecan, and rosemary pie with caramel on top. That sounds absolutely divine to me. I would never put rosemary and apple together. No, I still struggle. The thing is, I believe it because in the judging, they literally said, I mean, first of all, it looked perfect. Mm. And then Paul said it was one of the nicest pies he's had in years. If ever... Apparently it stayed on his tongue afterwards. Oh, did it? Mm. If there was ever a handshake before the handshake era, this was it. I wrote down in capitals, why is there no handshake? They're racist, is what I wrote, but that was not, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> he wanted to give her one, but he didn't. Oh, oh I hope he didn't. He, he wanted to give her a handshake, but before the time of handshakes. But I haven't bolded it because I still, fa- I want to try that, basically. Mm. I still found it hard in my head to picture. Because rosemary for me, I often think of more of a savoury thing. Oh, I, do, I use rosemary in all of my sweet bakes. You know what I love? I, I love a zest and a spice. Well, I love a spice, but not that's a herb anyway shut up um <laughs> i put down rubies because rubies apple marzipan marzipan and sour cherry oh yes uh, give uh, it to me michael uh, no thank you <laughs> and she did get good judging from it as well it came across well it wasn't it wasn't for me i loved so becca i hadn't realized quite how much i remembered loving her I can't remember whether I watched the series or not. I think I maybe dipped in and out. But I love Becca. I find her very, like, relatable to watch baking. Like, she's a bit chaotic. She's using the wrong implements. Like, she's having a bit of a... Like, she's faffing around a bit. But she's so generous and kind and warm. And her flavours sound lovely. She was doing rhubarbaba, a pie. But she had orange in the pastry as well. And then she was calling it a cherry apple pie. Because when she was younger, her mum called rhubarb cherry apples to make her eat it. Which I thought was fun. I loved it. It's called Mamgu cherry pie or something, cherry apple pie, because oh, Mamgu is like grandma or something. I thought it was a lovely word. For oh, Welsh. was it Welsh? Yeah, I think so. She did have very thick pastry, though. It was monstrously it thick. It was mon- a bit like Glenn's food. It was always monstrously large. Yeah, Glenn's, Glenn's everything is just large. Frances, mm. she didn't get the great judging, blah, 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 but peach and frangipan. I wrote, she stoned the peaches and filled the cavity with frangipan and an almond piece yeah which seems like a lot of work for something you can't see yeah you didn't really see afterwards but it did sound delicious i love i love my favorite tart slash pie is a pear and almond one mm. where you've got like the frangipan with the pear so i love the idea of the peachy one sounded lovely i mean she got more criticism for being style over substance which is all completely nonsense i do think there was perhaps a little bit of validity in the fact that like because the peaches were whole, it meant that you could cut a slice and only get like kind of slivers of peach yeah. because they weren't all the way through. So there was perhaps a little bit of validity there. Ali, I mean, it started off quite badly for Ali this week, bless him, because he just said he wasn't going to try it. He wasn't going to eat it because he didn't like it. And I was like, well, I get that to an extent because when we had to make those milk sweets, which I can't stand them, but you do have to eat them. So at least, you know, your flavors are on and your textures on. Yeah, you can do the the Paul style judging where you have a tiny little crumb. You can still do that. Yeah. You can't just say, and also I'm not being funny, but an well, apple please pie, don't be, please don't be funny. It's a serious <laughs> podcast. Apple pie isn't offensive. Like he obviously eats things. Well, he was have... making, he wasn't making it. Oh, he was making, it was apple and ginger. Yeah. And he eats ginger. He eats pastry and, he and he'll apples. eat apples. Yeah. So it's, it's, I can see when it's something that's like really, truly disgusting or like weird texture things, but this is, 
you could even eat the things separately, mm. like pull it apart and just make sure because he had ve- he was very raw. He was very he did he did, did go a bit raw and his fruit didn't taste of anything. But I did do think overall, if that had gone well, pe- pecan and walnut pastry would be delicious yeah. and a bit different with an apple and ginger filling. It sounds great. As usual, though, this season. I liked the idea of all of them. They didn't all make it work. Oh, I didn't like the idea of Glenn's sour cream and maple syrup, custard and apple. Oh yeah, no, not that one. That didn't sound like it was good for me. It, it was giving quiche to me before it even started. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, it didn't, the custard didn't taste of anything. It was soggy underneath. The apples were cooked, but the pastry wasn't. It's funny when someone gets, his feedback is everything always being too big. And it's, see, the weird thing is, it's not like, well, I don't care, I'm going to do that. It seems like he tries. He says he's trying to make things smaller and then he just makes them absolutely they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Do you know what I noticed on this one, which is just a funny little aside to, with Bake Off? Oh, funny, funny much, little aside. A funny little aside. Oh, I'll be the judge of that. Go on. Well, it's not funny. Well, you said it was it's going to be funny. Like don't, weird... don't make promises you can't keep, oh, David. No, but like a weird little aside <laughs> is when you're on Bake Off, you know, in your own kitchen, how you're quite careful and you're like, oh, don't put that there. Oh, I yeah. love the fact on Bake Off that you just take like the hotter than the sun pie and just chuck it on a wooden counter. Do you remember when uh, Dan in our first week set fire to his counter <laughs> yes. with a flame torch? And because the benches move around each week, we always knew which one was his because there was the scorch marks. <laughs> I love it. And it's the fact that you just get, you just like totally burn a pan. And if that was at home, you'd be like, You'd throw it in the sink and you'd leave it and come back two days later. Mm. Here you're just like, okay, can you wash this up, please? <laughs> Thank you very um, much. Shall we talk about Robert? Because he, he there was no bot he had no bottom to his tin. Well, that is not a double crusted. Well, no, he, no, he he baked. Did you not watch oh, this? Oh, sorry, no bottom to the tin. Yeah, very clever. So his tin had no bottom. I thought that was genius. So he was baking on a really hot tray instead, so the hot tray would hopefully cook the the pastry at the bottom, then he wouldn't have to deal with it sticking. No one do this. None of the listeners do this. We're gonna do this. We could actually patent an actual thing for that. So you put like a round bit in the oven. Well, they already exist, David. They're the perforated baking sheets. No, but they don't have it. You don't put it in the oven first to heat up and then no, slide it on. That's true. We're going to patent it. Is this interesting content? I think not. It is. Right. Technical. Technical <laughs> was 12 custard tarts and they only had two hours. This is a good idea. A good challenge. Good amount of time. I liked this. Although our, our signature was this in 1950s week. Yeah. And um, that was a disaster. Well, it wasn't a disaster. He did quite well. The big question for this one that Glenn was posing is, do you go in raw? Yeah, I think I would probably go in raw. Really? Yeah. You don't, I don't picture you as a raw person. Oh, well, you don't know me that well. Uh, no, you, like, I think to be clear, we're talking about baking here. It's too risky so to go in cook. Do you cook your, do you pre-cook your custard like a creme pat and put it in? Or do you make the custard and then let the eggs cook in the oven? The danger is, um, God, we're being very bakey focused this week. But um, the danger is if you pre-cook your eggs, they'll then cook again in the oven and then you get scrambled eggs because the proteins cook too much. And they, here's a good word, coagulate. They coagulate. Ooh. And also your pastry, if anything with these kind of tarts, you actually want your pastry to overbake. Yeah. So like, like you say, if you've cooked your custard already, you put it in and you see that, oh, the custard's done and you take it out, you're probably going to end up with soggy pastry. Whereas it doesn't matter if this kind of pastry, if it's in for another 10 minutes, it's okay. Uh, so yeah, I would go in wrong. It was well. a good challenge. I think the main issue was the turning out of them. So some people hadn't lined their cupcake cases with like a cross of grease proof, which meant that get, getting them out, because the custard isn't going to be fully set. Normally you want to leave that until the custard's set before you move it, really. But they were having to get them out before the custard is set and they were proper splats. And also, it really isn't their fault. This is one of the ones that it was kind of setting them up to fail. Because if you get a custard pie out while it's warm, you want the custard to set a little bit. Mm. You're meant to let them cool down. And none of them had time. They It was stressful. They had the drums out as well. It went on for ages. Like, it literally was like a 10-minute 
montage of mm. all of them failing with the drums out. It was quite stressful. It was quite stressful. Um, there was also some BB. I'm going to assume you didn't watch it. Mm, try me. I'll, I'll remember. It was about England's oldest known cookbook from Richard II's reign. I did because it was called curry. It was called curry. Cooking was called curry. Yeah. Yet another thing they stole from the Indian people. It was from the 1390s and it had 194 recipes in it. And they took about 10 minutes explaining that. That was all it really did. I saw the start of it. And I tried to click through to the end, but just got the last bit. And I got all of that just from that. So I got cross during the judging for this one because Paul was just, it felt like he was reveling in their failure. Yeah. And it was one of the first times, I think, because obviously we know where the series is now, but this is 10 series back. So I feel like it was one of the first times that we've seen him properly seem to just like be salivating over them not doing well. I mean, I just did an article for The Guardian and got a lot of telling off on Twitter and Instagram from people who are cross with me. But I think the point stands that this show is meant to be about celebrating contestants' triumphs and not celebrating their failures. Yeah, the thing is, if something goes wrong and it's funny, that's okay. Yeah. But to like actually go in on people's failures isn't fun. No, and like, yeah, but I was just a bit annoyed about that. Like, it was funny, there'd been some failures. It was a good challenge because there were some failures. We know it's a failure. They know it's a failure. What What are you gaining by being like, well, that's shit, isn't it? Also, the way the TV program works is it's funny as you're watching it to see, we're seeing the failures happen. Like we say, as they turn them out, we're seeing like how it scoop up one. But I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. It's not funny for Paul then to talk about it in the judging. Just give them a break. Or just say, that didn't work, did it? And then, yeah. And that, that's all it needs to be. That's all it needs to be. Not the glint in his eyes. No. Anyway, ninth was Glenn. Eighth was Ali. Seventh was Christine. Third was Rob, second was Becca, and first was our dear Frances. She'll give you substance over style, won't she? She will. On to the showstopper, which I did think was quite genius. Oh. A phyllo pastry pie. Phyllo made from scratch mm. in four hours. I wrote, are you joking? Oh my God. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think I'd be able to do this. I don't think I could simply do it. But also, how do you practice this at home? There's not enough counter space. Like, Ruby, she's, at, she's literally at first year uni. She's probably got... She'd be, she'd be stretching across the street or something. Yeah, it was, that was a lot. Like, that was really fucking, like, I mean, brilliant challenge, great challenge. They've actually not done Philo since. They did do it again because I remember George, oh, they did do one no, where. No, they made Backlover, but it was pre-made, wasn't it? No, but also George and those guys, they did Philo and they had a bit of a disaster. Did they? Yeah. They I feel some... like they only did a Backlover. With, maybe it was like that year. They made oh, a Backlover, back yeah. But I don't think they had to make Philo. I think that they made like a, like a substitute. Oh, okay. Like a similar. I mean, because to stretch it like that across the whole counter so you can see, basically you've got to stretch it so you can read something through it. That's like the trick. Yeah. Or see the flowers on like a tablecloth through it. We could talk about this actually because they said a phyllo pastry pie, so it didn't need to be a rolled pie. So you can make it into like a long sausage and kind of roll that up into like a rose shape. It didn't need to be that because some of them like lined a bunt tin with it and did a pie like that. So it didn't need to be rolled, but often most of them kind of are. Like if you think about strudely vibes, like that all is rolled. Would you have thought to not roll? I'm not sure. I especially wouldn't have thought like Howard did it quite geniusly because not only did he not roll, he did very small pieces all layered up together, mm -hmm. which was clever because then if everything breaks apart, it's very easy to have very small pieces of phyllo. But also he, Howard, for some reason, baked his in a bunt tin, but then he kind of laid it into the bottom of the bunt tin so he had to lift it out, whereas I would have done, done it kind of upside down yes. so that you could turn it out. Yeah, yeah. Which didn't make sense, although it made some, for some excellent content. He was making like a fresh fig and feta phyllo flan, which is a hard hard thing to say when you've had a couple of drinks. But they had to like unmould it with, it was um, Mel and Sue lifting it out with these things. Yes. And oh, I, I really enjoyed watching that bit. It was quite stressful. I liked, although I don't eat meat, I, I liked Kimberly's. 
chicken, bacon, and mm, ras al And al-hanu. it just looked, she put turmeric in the pastry. She Turmeric. Like, turmeric. Oh, yeah. Why did I say turmeric? Yeah, I don't know. It's like that. Didn't turmeric like that. in the pastry. She had like pomegranate seeds on top. It just looked really, really pretty. And did you hear what Paul said? It was like one big explosion in the mouth. Oh, you want one big explosion. You don't want it to come out in spurs. <laughs> My favorite thing about this whole challenge was Ali, because Ali had basically said, because Ali had had a bit of a mare in his signature mm. and his technical. And so then he was saying, all it takes is for one person to do badly in this and for me to do okay and I'll be safe. And as they were going for the judging, each person was like, oh, this is delicious. I love it. And they kept on showing edits of Ali just giving them death stares. <laughs> the He's like, one of you do badly, please. And he was making Moroccan orange cardamom and date pie, which is kind of like a baklava kind of vibe. So that sounds lovely. Sounded so good. Sounds quite sweet, though. I think I thought we could like, take like, a little, ba- little mouthful. But you would have, a backly, you only take a little mouthful. You only take a little mouthful anyway. I only do. I'm, l- I'm a lady, don't you know? Glenn was making a spanakopita because Glenn was going in kind of in a danger zone as well. It was kind of Ali and Glenn. He was making a spanakopita, but just a traditional one, really. And he said he was going to go to his happy place and get on with it. We've all been there, <laughs> haven't we? And he did, and he did well. So He, he did likes, very well. He likes solo action. Rob also made a spanakopita, then tried to be kind of cool by using these weird mushrooms, but then took half his time just cleaning the mushrooms out. Just get some butter mushrooms from the supermarket. Is it bad that I don't often clean? I'm just like, if I've not died yet, I might as well just have the mushrooms as they are. Never clean mushrooms. My mum's always like, there's literally compost on that. I don't care. It's fine. I've surely eaten, you've, you will, you've eaten worse. Exactly, we all have. Anyway, Star Baker, no more no, chat about the food. No, what? Francis! What did Francis do? She made a do? cherry tree baklava with pistachio cigarillos for the, for the branches. So it was like ricotta, cream cheese, cherry and orange zest. Uh, they gave a more style over substance nonsense. The pastry wasn't properly cooked, but the flavor sounded amazing. And it looked so stylish. And it's not style over substance if it's not been cooked properly. Like, do you, know what, do you know what I mean? Like, the bake is separate from the flavors, and the flavors are the substance. And when they said uncut pastry inside, I had an issue with that because to me, when I've got a phyllo pie, I want the edges to be crispy, crispy, but I quite like soft pastry inside. I don't mm. want it to be like hard, crunchy. It's all like the way when through. you have a crumble, the best bit is between the crunchy topping and the fruit is the gummy bit. Yes, so we're mm. saying Paul and Mary were wrong. Anyway, the star of this week finally was Kimberly. Kimberly, our favorite. Absolutely amazing. But no, but actually, Kimberly's probably my second favorite because my favorite favorite was who went home. Ali. Oh, Ali. And also, the when he went, did you see that like normally they give you like one vox for someone being like, oh, it's sad for them to go. Literally all of the bakers had a moment being like, we're going to miss Ali. We're going to miss Ali, which just proves how much of a gorgeous man he is. If there was going to be an All-Stars where it's like a full All-Stars series where they brought back bakers for a full series, I would want Ali to be there. Would you want to be there too? So yeah. you can snog him. <laughs> And who would have known that years after this technical, a plucky baker from Yorkshire would steal the nation's heart and the whole population would cheer as one as David receives a handshake for the most perfect custard tart It's not a Genoese though, is it, David? And the only thing you stole was an apron each and every week and then the win in the final one. (laughs) Slander! (laughs) And true on all counts. Let's get on to this week's taste test. It comes from Mike, the radiator bleeding guy. Oh, that's a a good callback. (laughs) Remember when I called you Mike? (laughs) And he says oatmeal or porridge for us is best served with peanut butter and sriracha and a poached egg on top oh as chief justice of the podcast this one might need a jury trial ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, it's us. Did you miss us? It must be difficult being apart from us for those precious seconds spent listening to various people flogging their wares. Speaking of which, have you heard about our OnlyFans? It's our exclusive page where you can get loads of bonus behind-the-scenes tea, which we are absolutely not allowed to do on the podcast. Not just that, but we also share ad-free episodes, recipes, chats with special guests, and loads more. And this could all be yours for the price of a chocolate orange a month. Just pop over to patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys to find out more and join in on all the fun. Right, the flogging is official. Over. Over? I was just getting started. <laughs> now, immediately, I was like, an, I know you're a peanut butter lover. You love a nut butter. Um, I was I was immediately like, oh, not sure. But the sriracha and the poached egg kind of brought me back round. And if the peanut butter was smooth and quite... You only had a, you only had a little bit of the peanut butter, really mm. salty. Do you remember when I went to that porridge competition in Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were the guest of honour. I was competing. You couldn't be... Well, yeah. Allegedly, I was. I just made like I didn't realize everyone was gonna do such weird things. You, you were paid to compete. I was paid to compete by Quaker Oats. And, um, and other brands are available. Like, I'm doing porridge and honey. <laughs> no, I didn't. I did orange and cardamom. Famous no, mango and cardamom. It was yeah, actually really lovely. Everyone else was doing things like this. They were doing guy. like locust. There was someone doing a locust porridge, and someone did like porridge poached eggs, and like all this other shit. And I was like, oh, I didn't I, pay attention to this enough. I do like a, a savory porridge. I've had porridge before that someone's made me that had. It was kind of made with butter and had feta cheese to it, and, and an mango egg on top. chutney on top is very nice. Yeah, so mm. I'm I'm with Mike on this one. I would like it without the peanut butter. So if we can have this with peanut butter on the side, I'll accept it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Disaster of the week. Oh, do you know what? I've, I've had a pretty perfect week. Actually, my perfect week is a disaster for someone else. Okay, because... let's get the sting in. Let's go. Disaster of the week. Ah! I have been really good this year for the first time ever with carrying an umbrella around with me. Right. When I came in today, you said like, oh, is it raining or something? Yes, yes, I'm carrying an umbrella. I'm usually rubbish. I usually leave it everywhere. But also you carried it through the house and left it by the back door, <laughs> which doesn't make very much sense. Well, it makes sense. Not for your house. It made sense for me. I don't care <laughs> your house gets wet. Oh God, the cat's still outside. Oh. <laughs> From the last it's episode. It's been a week. <laughs> 
yeah so anyway i've been carrying this umbrella around and i've done really well usually literally one day i lose it i just i'm so bad at taking umbrellas yeah. somewhere and dropping it put it in your rucksack i've got like a side pocket for my rucksack it just lives in there yeah but then when i take it out and i go and put it somewhere to dry like your kitchen i'll forget it sure i'm gonna remember it today but the thing is with this umbrella i think i said this a long time in the podcast i was once at work and it suddenly started pouring down torrential with rain and there was three people in the clinic and I was the first to leave, and I saw an umbrella. <laughs> so someone else's umbrella, as in like a like a not a customer. What do you got? Patient, a patient's umbrella. Oh no, it was a colleague. Sure. Even worse, someone I, someone I see all the time, and I stole their umbrella. And when oh. I say torrential, I mean as you as I walked out, your feet got wet in seconds. So that person got home very wet, and probably every time I use this umbrella now, because I've managed to keep it. It must be like a curse because I think of that person <laughs> thinking they're getting wet every single It'll day. They'll be fuming with you. I actually also have a disaster of the week, but I'm going to save it for the Is It Rude Twos because we'll see when we get there. Uh, the first question this week comes from Emily, who says they are just wondering if the judges actually eat the bakes or if they have spit buckets. I imagine it would be crazy to see that. <laughs> spit bucket? Imagine if they took a mouthful and went... Oh. Because it's one thing having a spit bucket for wine or spirits, but a spit bucket for bakes. Also, I feel like just grow up and drink it. You know, it's also, unless it's really wet, you can't always spit. I can just imagine. Unless it's really wet, you can't always spit. Do you want to have stone? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I can imagine Mary like, eating it, it's quite dry, and then just having to lean over and just open your mouth, and it just falling out. A kind of crumbly splat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they eat it, they swallow it. Although, sometimes when Paul doesn't like it, he'll basically take like the smallest minuscule amount and form a, an opinion on that. Yeah, that's the thing. I think Prue in Aya, she had a, she a always full ate. bite of everything. Yeah. Whereas Paul did. I mean, to be fair, by the time it was our series, he's had a lot of cakes by then. Yeah. And when it's the early seasons, uh, early rounds, sorry, they're having so much food. But yeah, Paul only has a nibble usually. Yeah, but yeah, um, the also the presenters don't generally eat. So if you ever see a presenter eating some of the bake, it's because it's gone down really well and they want to try it, but the presenters aren't really that bothered normally. Although apparently Alison is. Alison does eat. Well, and I've noticed, that is definitely true, but I've noticed back in the day, Mel and Sue ate a lot more than the present, the more modern yeah. presenters. I, I, I really enjoy the judging sometimes when they're like, giving their feedback. You hear Mel being like, yes, really lovely actually. <laughs> <laughs> or like giving her feedback, like giving, popping her two pence in. Yeah. The next one is actually a dating, a dating question. So here we go. This is from Ron. I have been religiously listening to your podcast since day one, except for the Traders episode, because I don't know what that is, lol. <laughs> yeah, we stopped doing that because it didn't go down very well. Um, I'm a 35-year-old Desi guy living in the US. I'm not out to my parents who are back home, but I'm out to a lot of friends here. I'm currently in a long-distance open relationship with a guy who I like a lot, and we try and see each other at least once a month. We've been dating for almost one and a half years now, and it was a long distance open thing the whole time because of my job mainly. I've had sex outside this relationship, but always told the people I met that I'm not looking for a relationship or any sort of emotional romantic connection. And I've been happy with this setting so far and think my boyfriend is okay as well. I feel very satisfied being emotionally invested only with him. Even after all of this, we hardly ever say the L words to each other, which I think is love and not lesbian. Um, for me, I am not sure if I consider time in love. This is my first ever relationship and I enjoy it, but I don't feel that kind of longing that I've had in some previous failed attempts at relationships. I have no problem with it as of now, but I'm afraid that it could become a problem someday if my partner and I felt differently for each other in the future. I'm not really sure where this is going. I just don't want to hurt him one day because I couldn't develop feelings for him. Please help. I think it's tough to have a long-distance relationship for, like, the long term. Well, yeah. I mean, there's two things here. When that, when this person's saying about they've had that kind of longing in previous failed attempts at relationships, you often want what you can't have. So that might be that longing thing. But I'm like, if you don't feel like you love this person, I don't think it's necessarily a, a long-distance relationship. It's just, like, an emotional friendship. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, yeah, so maybe that's right. If you don't, I mean, we've like, got like an emotional relationship, but I do not want to have sex with you, and I don't. Love this is basically like an open, an open relationship we're in. We're in the same situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. If you, if someone is not because I love some people jump to the love word very very quickly. Yeah, but a year and a half in, if you're not feeling that, then just continue doing it. It's fun, but maybe look for someone else. Yeah, I think maybe I don't. I don't. I think you should be honest. I think you should perhaps call time and be like i'm enjoying this but i'm not feeling oh, if after that... a year and a half you don't love the person that you're dating that feels and have that conversation because the thing is they may be feeling the same thing and you can just say well let's just continue this as it is mm-hmm. and we'll just both do what we want to do but if that person does love you although they've not said it either because someone has to say it first then yeah it's probably just best to call time but a year and a half that's quite a long time. I don't want to be cruel, but that's a long time. It is a long time. Like, it feels like you've just you've just got like a long-distance friendship. You've got a pen pal. A week and a half long for Michael. How dare you? <laughs> right, the next one is from Oxballs. I think they messaged in the other week, didn't they? Hi, guys. We listened to your show here at the Dildo Factory. <laughs> what? Yes! <laughs> what a sentence. And we're we laughing so hard as you read off our dick cake message. Oh, yes, that was the Drizzers. They're from the Drizz shop. We should have offered you a box of our gear. Go to our website. Oh, they're offering us some playthings, they say. And they say, Merry Christmas from a bunch of sweaty sex toy makers in Los Angeles. Are you going to ask for something? I I might do. Are you? Yeah, I think so. I have to peruse. They've actually sent us their their website here. What is the website called? Uh, It's oxballs.com. We should should be getting paid promo for this. Oxballs. This could be our first. Guys, if you want us to do an ad like oxballs.com, then... We're know. both typing it into our phone. They've got little rings. They've got supplements. A buck fuck, it's called. Oh my! They offer stockings like full of things. Imagine if your parents parents got you that as your stocking. Oh, they've got ball stretchers. Never even heard of that. Don't even know what that is. Gosh, I feel like I'm learning when I'm looking. I like at this. the fact they've got an outlet. Do you think Christine's butt plugs on here? There's also like a community images section. My word. Oh my god. Okay, we need to stop looking at that right now. Water sports piss play. I'm going to look in that section later. <laughs> Alex, if you want anything from Oxballs, there's some cock slings. There's the dog pound section. Jack off stroker. Nipple suckers and enlargers. Oh, chastity. I, I'll go for the chastity section. <laughs> Hole plugs. Pig holes. Ass locks. What do we think an ass lock is? Is it like a chastity? Thing? Yeah, but if you need to have a poo. Oh, yeah. You ha- surely you have to. You have to have some way of getting that out. Yeah, unless it's got like a hole in the middle. <laughs> and you have to like. Just like push the, the maybe poo it's got a one way the... valve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to move on from this section because this is technically this is the Lord's time. This is Christmas time. Yes. Um, we got some. Is it rude to play the sting? Is it rude to <laughs> tidy someone else's desk? This one comes from me. <laughs> oh right, but you're the chief justice. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the power for this one. Am I wearing the wig today? <laughs> tidy someone else's desk at work. Yeah. I finally hit breaking point and it was just covered in shit from like August 2022 and I was like, it's time. I do it all the time for other people. So yes. No. So no. It's too loud. I think, it's, I think it probably is rude, but we're just both rude. Okay, cool. Next one. Is it rude too? <laughs> Stare at someone doing their makeup on the train. Actually, it's a festive gift. I'm going to let you be Chief Justice for this whole week. Yes! Stare at someone doing their makeup on the train. I don't think it's rude because you're choosing to do your makeup in a public place although when you say staring if you're literally like 
sitting opposite them a mm. meter away and just staring at them continuously. That might put them off a but little bit. But that's rude in any situation. That's just sort of not makeup. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's okay to be watching someone do their makeup but not on staring. the train because they've decided to do it in public. I do find it fascinating when women do makeup on the train. What about the next one? Is it rude to <laughs> play music out loud on public transport? Very, very rude but would you ever would you ever bring it up no because i'm i'm definitely i sit you don't there. have a death wish no you don't have a death <laughs> wish. but i also sit there and just like replay all these scenarios in my head of me doing it but i would never actually do it. i'll just sure. sit there next one is it rude to <laughs> plug into the outlet on a train by reaching over the person in the window seat without asking first this sounds like it's happened to someone. This sounds well, it's, very but personal. it's open. There is only one on the table on the table seats. Yeah. So it's a technically a communal plug. And did it say sleep? It does say even if they're sleeping. Yeah. So I think if they're sleeping, especially, what else are you going to do if your phone's about to run out of juice? Mm. Like you're asleep. Do you want me to wake but you up? But if they're awake, do you want to be asked before someone uses that plug? I do, but I would also find it a bit uncomfortable because I'm like, well, yeah, it's not mine. I would sort of be like, do you mind if I? Yeah, do you mind if but, I just use that? But while doing it, I wouldn't be like... <laughs> you love doing this. You love doing the thing of like, actually saying, like, apologizing while you're doing it. <laughs> that is very me. Okay, the next one is one that I've got. So there was a boy that I kind of got with a while back. He's been like flirting a bit back and forth. Is this going to fit with the sting or is this just going to be a, a ramble one? Well, it's kind of a ramble one. I'm going to send you what he sent me just randomly. Like, There's been a bit of talk back and forth on Instagram chat, like not loads, but just like a little bit. And then I randomly woke up to this message in my Instagram DMs. If you can just read out the first slide. Oh, you really can fuck your way to fat loss. Right. And then the, then the carousel... It's just like a, a, a list of the top 10 positions to get slimmer under the sheets and how many calories you burn in each sex position. Is he calling it? Am I being fat shamed? That's the strange because actually... Because there was no preamble or postamble. There was no amble. No, and if you'd done it, if you'd, if you'd done it to one of the late ones in the carousel where it was just like, ha ha ha, like with this, this position, right. you lo- lose as many calories. But to have the first thing, you really, you really can fuck your way to fat loss. With with no amble around it. So, like, my question is, let's play this thing. Is it rude to... Send someone a list of the calories they could burn if they were having sex. With no amble. With no amble. <laughs> I love this amble, though. <laughs> no, preamble or post-amble. I don't know what to say, so I've ignored it. I don't think that's okay. I think that's rude. It was quite rude, but I also can't work out what his... Like, what's his... What's his angle here? But the issue is, you're reading a lot into it because you've received this. But maybe he I'll was just... What's sc- an assumption? <laughs> but he was just, might have just been scrolling through quickly, quickly, quickly. This is the problem when you're not talking to someone and you're just sending things. Because maybe he just quickly thought, ha ha, and just sent it. But if Nick but, sent that to you, would you be a bit like, right? Also, the one he sent you isn't even the first of the carousel. It's the second bit of the carousel. Oh, that is it? That. Yeah. So I think oh. that is rude. Yeah, it is rude. Rude. Okay, that's your lot for this week. We've given our all, and I hope you're satisfied. I could actually squeeze in a little bit more. Of course you can, David. Our listeners just aren't as greedy as you. They're wonderful, giving people. Oh, that is why they take their precious time to send us lovely emails and messages and engage with us with interesting questions and funny stories. All to stickybunboys at gmail.com. Yes, they do that because they love us. Oh, shucks. Aren't they the best? But, dear listeners, David is greedy and needy, so please do keep writing to us, and we promise we will keep recording this podcast each and every week. Oh, can we have a nap now? Oh, I can't wait. That's a very good idea.
Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Band Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. We're very professional, David. In one breath. <laughs> We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.